Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gotzler. All right, today's episode takes us into uh, Jefferson, Wisconsin for round two with Greg Featherston. Uh, what makes this episode unique is um, although Jefferson's had uh, you know a decade of success um, at the state tournament and gold ball, silver balls, they just seem to keep pumping them out. And they're just one of those programs in the state that you got to have respect for. Um, I, I, you know, looking at the 2024, um, some things have changed in Jefferson, right? Their, their coach is a Hall of Famer now, and, and Feather has, has been a great friend to me, uh, to the show, and to the association for so long. And, you know, I was up at the clinic with him this weekend and, you know, watching all the friends and family and former players that came back um, to celebrate uh, the Hall of Fame inductee weekend was, was just really powerful. We had great speakers. The fraternity, the brotherhood of coaches is incredible. I mean, you know, Feather talks about it on this episode. He hits it, says it so much better than I can. But, you know, I think what came out of this past weekend at the clinic, again, when I'm recording this in, in February of, of 2024, is, um, man, reach out to new coaches. You know, guys are trying to hire lower level coaches. You know, coaches are turning over. Um, if there's a guy in your area, a guy in your conference, like just reach out, man. That that, that brotherhood, that fraternity is so important. Um, they're swimming just like we all are, all have when we first started. And I know we're competing against each other and it's a conference rival and they're in your sectional and all those things. But man, he's just a baseball dude just like you. So reach out, ask him how he's doing, if he needs help with anything. Um, I think that might go a long way in keeping coaches in our game. So anyways, uh, back to the episode. Greg Featherston, Mr. Jefferson Eagle, born and raised, Fayed Health, has coached so many sports, family, wife, kids, all in the community, has put so much time and effort into his high school program, his youth program, um, and he's just one of those guys that it's, it's so easy to root for. And he's competitive as everybody else, and maybe more than the next guy, but holy cow. Uh, his teams just continue to to play well at the end of the season, and uh, you know I, I'm lucky enough to call him a friend of mine, and you know he's been such a, a great ambassador for the game um, out of Jefferson, Wisconsin. So, without further ado, 2024 WBCA Hall of Famer Greg Featherston. Hey, Coach, how you doing today, Bud? Doing great. A day day hanging out with you, Tim's a great day. I couldn't wait for Wednesday. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, this is round two on here. So I spent the last couple of days dissecting your your first episode. Did a fantastic job, but you know this episode brings us into some new topics. Um, you know, let's like last episode you talked about the landscape of baseball in your community, and you know when I think about you and your program in our relationship, I think you've created like a blueprint of how to win in a one high school town. Like if you had to give a talk at the ABCA, WBCA, or a TED talk, I would pick you as a one high school town guy. So maybe bring us back a little bit to what is the scope of baseball in Jefferson? Well, I think it's – first of all, I appreciate that. Um, I re- really do. It means a lot, uh, Tim. I love coaching here. I mean, I, I think our, our – I know our parents know it. Our community knows it. We're actively involved from T-ball all the way to our amateur team of the Jefferson Blue Devils. You know, our Blue Devils do a great job being involved with their younger kids. We all just want to do well. We're all taking care of the same fields. Um, but most importantly, we have a plan. Um, you know, we're on board. Our, our Eagle Junior Eagle Board um, trusts us to make our decisions and our approaches. And uh, moving along from there, I mean, we just started our practices on Sunday with our with our seventh and eighth graders, and my whole staff's there working on stuff. So they're getting the stuff before they get to high school. So when they get to us, 
you know, that we're putting a good product out there. It's a great, one of the best fields, I think, in the area. Uh, we just put 20 grand into it, new dugouts, uh, backstop. It's going to be, it's going to be a great place to hang out this spring and summer. And, uh, you know, community advertisement, um, just everybody is just kind of just on board. And I just think just because in general, just they, they want to be there and they want to be a part of something that they know, not just myself, but a lot of people are putting time and money and investment into it. All right. So listener hears this and they think, well, of course, you're in the Hall of Fame. You go to state consistently. You got a state championship. You're a Jefferson guy. You know, talk about the guy who just took over um, a program, a guy who's coming into a one high school town with all levels of expectations. Like, what would your advice be? Like, where should they start? Be a good person, you know, lead by example. You know, anybody can talk a good game, but but kids, you know, respect is earned, not given. You know, kids can see through anybody nowadays, you know, be educated in what you're doing, have a plan. If you do that, kids know you're putting that time into it and treat your youth players, parents with that respect. And uh, that's going to go a long ways. Um, you got to put time and effort into it. You know, you got to be able to balance family. You got to be able to balance a new job at first. Um, I wish I knew all this stuff, maybe my first 10 years, because um, I know we had a lot better players my first 10 years than we did the back half. But uh you know, I think that goes a long way in just the, the process. Believe in what you're doing, but also be a good listener and take constructive criticism from A, you're either assistant coaches. I ask my, I'll even ask, I'm dumb enough to ask my parents, okay? And, and they'll, let, you know, be honest with me, but they know I'm trying to get better and I want to learn each year. But uh, just be a good person, lead by example, and believe in what you're doing. And uh, if you do that, I think you can sell that to anybody parents, community, administration you know, think, think smarter, not harder. I mean, this is really, I know it's tough to coach nowadays, but what is your plan? You're giving it all you can and, and let's just do the best we can to make sure it happens. And your kid hopefully has a great experience from it. Well, and that, that, that's amazing, right? I mean, you're in the schools, you got, you know, you're in the community, you're at youth practices, like you said, you know, you're managing all of this and now you've built an alumni base, obviously alumni yourself. Um, and I always think about we have coaches who listen to this from all types of communities. I mean, I was just talking to a coach who has 13 kids in his program coming to tryouts. And I talked to a coach that's got 130 kids coming out for tryouts and everybody in between. So I feel like you've given us nuggets that would help at any level, at any spot. Um, one thing that's always impressed me about you, and I think whole other coaches see this, is your willingness to learn. So, like, how do you scratch that itch to get better um, off-season clinics? podcasts, like, you know, how, where do you align yourself there? Well, again, surround yourself around good people, you know, that inner circle. Um, I've been fortunate, you know, my best friend, Scott Stoudy from Burlington, you know, we've been together since literally people give us a hard time, but you know what? We, baseball's been our life. Our families are joined, you know, our Stoudy feathers send baseball trips. So to be able to talk to somebody that really on almost on a daily basis, um, to play, grow up, uh, and do all that. Um, but, uh, um, oh my gosh, Tim, I just lost my train of thought. Where were we? Uh, what was the basis of that question again? We're just talk about the network and how you build that network well, and the people you surround yourself with. Um, you know, it starts with that, that, that system, that, that group of people, that circle, you know, just even over COVID, the fact of all, you know, the you young guys like you guys that just want to learn, just sitting down and just taking nuggets from each team. Uh, you know, no, I can't do that. They got that facility. They got this. Oh, I can take that and move that into my program. But, uh, you know, taking ideas and just making the best you can with what you have is, is so important just from the ABCA, you know, um, learn from there. Um, but just the networking ability we have 
And, and then the people that are willing to share, you know, obviously there's people that don't want to share, but again, you know, their circle is a little bit smaller than our circle because, um, you know, we're, we're in it, we're invested for the kids and we want our kids to have a great experience. You know, it's, it's a great life learning game and uh, dealing with adversity. You know, I talk about chaos all the time. We always try to control the chaos here, but getting drills and ideas, philosophies um, from other, other coaches is just a, it's just a, a huge asset. All right. So you alluded to it earlier. You talked about maybe your first 10 years versus the most recent 10 years. Um, the talent pool, the success. Um, what are some of those big lessons that you, you know, wish you could tell yourself sooner? You know, maybe when you had a different environment or you were in a different place maturity wise, like what else would you tell your, your younger self? I know, I know I referenced Aaron Rodgers last time, but we're not doing that this time. But, uh, you know, I just I, I catch play, man. Catch play sessions are, are a big deal for us. You know, we're doing it early. Um, we're doing a lot of our our catch play, our, our drills and catch play session. We coach it. We value it. Just valuing the ball. Um, we're not we're not given all state players every year. So we have to work on the fundamentals. We have to catch and throw better than everybody else, whether it's a relay, whether it's a tag, um, whether it's strikes. Um, I, I really believe us stressing that lately um, and getting kids mindset. You know, we call, we call it grind and believe in Jefferson. I mean, we've had a centerpiece the last few years, but we've had just average guys getting better and making plays and wanting their name out on the fence because they wanted to be a, a state, a state champ or a state qualifier or a sectional champ. And, uh, um, and most importantly, we're having fun doing it, you know, buying in the program and getting it done. But uh, um, those are some of the things I think that we do better than other people is just, we value just the basic fundamentals and, you know, the no excuse mentality, you know, we can all, we can all come up with excuses, but get it done. You know, last year's motto was be the man, you know, you know, whether that was the nine hitter, you know, try to be the man because not every game somebody can be the man. So um, just trying to do th little things like that, little gadgets to try to get kids in again and to believe that they can do way better than what they're capable of doing. And I, I think we're overachievers here, um, but but we battle, man. You're going to get a battle when you play our guys. And uh, I'm proud of the way they commit and fight. And and and, and again, we're pretty they're pretty darn good people as well. All right. So maybe let's let's dig in on, on, on the past three years. Right. Um, you talk about a centerpiece and, and, and having, you know, a top recruit, you know, maybe late. I know he's graduated now and off to to, um, you know, a new part of his career. But to have a player like that and then surround him with his best buddies that aren't as talented, but are just as important and part of that cog. So that's what stands out to me about some programs is they have a every once in a while you know, that high-end college player, but they're able to build the group around them. So maybe talk through those team dynamics when you have a player like that. You know, that best player needs to be your hardest worker, you know, and there was times, you know, I was harder on Tyler, you know, Tyler Bettina is obviously a great four-year player for us. And, and to have him thank me when he graduates for getting on him during catch play, you know, not being in athletic position to make a great tag and for him to understand that, but your best player has got to be your hardest worker and your most coachable kid. And, and we've had that in our best player in, you know, as far as I've been here. Um, and then his ability and the team's ability to kind of get along and be on the same page. And whether it's team dinners, you know, I think taking trips is a big deal, Tim. We do it a lot. We're going to Florida this year. Um, kids care about each other. Um, our team dinners, you know, our wiffle ball tournaments, our, our, our bags games afterwards, you know, we got to kick kids out of houses on Wednesday night team dinners because they want to stay all night. Um, so, you know, we just, again, control what we can control. You know, 
there's going to be chaos all, all over the place, but can we control it and can we minimize it? Um, and that's what I think that we do really well. And, and our best players have just been able to get, and our other kids don't want to let that kid down as well. You know, so it's, a, you know, kind of working together. Everybody's good one through four, one through five. Six, seven, eight, nine is the difference to me of winning sectionals, winning games in states, because you're going to get pitched differently. I mean, Tyler Bettina got intentionally walked 21 times last year. Okay. 21 chances. I mean, and somebody else had to step up and do what he was obviously going to probably do, you know. So um, getting those guys to believe that they can be the man in the seventh spot, in the eighth spot, you know, is, is, is huge for us. All right. So the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the team, like give us some more of your quick hitters of, you know, it's, I know you can't manufacture fun, but you can set up an environment that guys want to spend more time around each other. You know, like veteran coach, give us some of those best strategies that you have that you've learned now as a teacher and a coach for all these years to, to get that buy-in to not only you and your staff, but to the process, the program, and more importantly to the, to each other. You know, you got to be positive more than ever. You got to find as much good out as we can. Um, you know, you're always going to have that negative or something you got to get on them for, but you got to finish something with a positive. Um, understanding that the kid, you know, that you actually care about them and, and, and it has to be real. Uh, they have to be able to buy in. They have to be able to see that, um, you know, making our open gyms, pitching machines are, have come a long ways now. I mean, in my first 10 years, I wish I had them more, but being able to simulate guys throwing as fast as they are, um, doing different types of catch play or, um, just games with the pitch machine, um, uh, reacting line drives to short left, front left, middle, deep. Um, our reps have done been better, um, more competitions. We utilize our managers more, um, keeping track of bullpen sessions, um, more live on-field hitting. Um, it can't be monotonous. It's got to be different. But, again, we're fundamentally driven. They know that. But it's not the same fundamental drills all the time. You have to expand. We might have to shorten the practice up. Um, it, it, kids got to be on their toes, but they also know when they're expected there, they're going to get a great practice plan. That's going to get them better for the next game. So, um, it's easy to talk about guys in the past. I mean, you build it, you know, they want to be that person and we bring guys in all the time to talk about it every, every year we'll bring somebody to come in. You know, last year I bought in a reserve player to talk to our team before state because I felt in 2014, Tyler Graff was just a big a deal being a part-time player would have been a starter on anybody else's team and, but understood his role and was a great, great teammate, great guy on the, in the dugout. And I think was the reason why we got through some of our tough times that year. And he came in and talked about those and he said it right in front of my face. He didn't agree with my decision, you know, to play somebody else at first, but then kind of realized, Hey, I got to do what's best for the team. Um, so I think it's important, especially nowadays for guys to hear that because they either want to play. If they don't play, they want to go do something else. You know, so valuing the team concept. And again, our best players play, you know, you know, we'll get some guys in there, but, you know, we play a double header, you know, I'm still going to might sneak a couple of guys in that deserve it, but I'm not unloading the bench. You know, you earn in practice skill, work ethic, what you're going to get in a game. So um, we do value team. We talk about everybody's got a role. And if you don't, you can't handle that role, you know, then maybe you got to go out for another sport in the spring, golf or track or whatever it may be. Well, I have to imagine you know, has head coaches listen to this, they, they don't make the lineup. They are the ones making the decision. Someone's going to be unhappy. And this is where, you know, of many roles your assistants provide, you know, how do you help your assistants manage those maybe tough emotional moments 
you know, that players coming to, to them, you know, how do you help your assistants? I know it's tougher and tougher to find assistants these days. Um, how do you maybe coach them on that? Um, <laughs> I know we were just talking, I know you're looking for an assistant. I'm, I'm not, I've, I've been fortunate right now. We got some great assistants. I've been here for a while. Um, you know, and that, that's part of the role is to get that feel in the dugout. Kids know they can talk to them, know, talk to them, know they're going to talk to me about it, but at least they're going to get an answer. But again, Tim, I'm as honest as you're going to be, whether it's the kid, whether it's the parent, we're going to kind of let them know where they're at. This is what you need to do. You know, if it's a junior not getting many at-bats, maybe he's got to go down to JV to get 10 at-bats because we're going to give him a Saturday start in a non-conference game. You know, or you know, you got to have some good BP sessions. Peyton Hurd last year got a chance early, had four years in a game against Turner. Battles, battles, battles is our hottest hitter last year. Out of nowhere, nobody knows what he's doing. You know, huge double to, to knock Turner out in, in the last inning. You know, he knew if he had good BP sessions, he knew he's going to get a chance. So guys knowing that if they value their BP sessions and they value practice, that they know they're going to get a chance in a game. Whereas I don't, I know I didn't do that my first 10 years, you know. So valuing and understanding why we're doing it because you might have a chance to do it. And the last, again, he didn't want the season to end. You know, he's batting 650, you know, our last six games, you know, and nobody knew who this kid was. So, um, yeah. you know, you, you seem to have kids like that. Like you said, that grinder, that Jefferson grinder, tough kid that no one saw in PBR, that no one, he's not committed anywhere. But when he's at in the box, he's going to give you an unbelievable battle. If he's on the mound, he's going to compete in the strike zone and make you beat the defense. So everyone says that, everyone talks about it. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then there's teams that do it. So how do you structure that in a way that you guys are attacking the zone on the mound and that you're making yourself a really difficult out at the plate. You know, you know, again, it starts, you know, back to preaching, Tim, you know, you got to practice it. You got to have two strike approaches and drills. You got to put the ball in play swinging too hard. You got to, you got to address it. Um, you got to have some simulate some drills, whether it's a pitching machine, you know, some old two, you know, we just did it. In, oh, you know, have a high tee, high pitch for a, a ball. Um, a, a strike uh, on, on the two machines, you know, not just doing a one machine, trying to simulate those type of games so we can lay off those pitches, value it, talk about it, practice. Again, catch play, no overthrows. You know, it starts there. You know, our pitchers, we're doing pitching drills in our catch play session from fifth grade on, whether it's basic stretch stuff with modified catchers with the glove hand in both knees. You know, we're aiming for gloves on tag, you know, receiving, and we're prioritizing it. And we're spending a good 15 minutes of practice every single night doing that. So hopefully in the games, they're just reacting and not thinking. And all of a sudden, a relay is a perfect throw to the plate. Or our pitchers know, you know, we, we stress not giving extra 90s. You know, we want them to put the ball in play. But we also want to put the ball in play as well. And I just go back to uh, when we faced our Rory Fox and Catherine Memorial. We had no business beating them that year, you know. But, you know, we jacked that pitch machine up that first night of BP, Tim. There might have been three balls even fouled off. You know, but the next night they got better. We had, what, four or five nights. All of a sudden, we got two strikes. We're putting ground balls up the middle, ground ball over. And then, unfortunately, we get our stud Butine up there with guys on base. He has to pitch to him, you know, and he can able, he's able to handle them. So um, you got to practice it, and you got to stress it, and you got to show them why we're doing things, you know. Um, we don't just do things to do things to, to fill 4, 30 to 5 o'clock. We are doing it because we have to get better at that this year. Like this year, we have to get better at taking extra bases, and stealing bases. And they all know that that's our goal this year. So, you know, picking those little things and just, again, making sure you're practicing and emphasizing it. Well, I know we're, we're going 
you know, going all in on baseball right now. We'll get to the other stuff later because now, now we're just rolling. You know, one thing I also notice a lot about your teams is you seem to be playing your best baseball at the end of the year. Um, and that's not by mistake. So it's a, it, tell us more about, you know, how you could advise another coach to set up the practice and training environment to be playing your best baseball when it matters the most at the end of the year. I mean, I don't like losing, um, but again, losing um, is a part of the process. Um, I, I don't think you can, you, very few teams can go undefeated and go through this process because somewhere down the low, low line, it's going to come into play. So I think losses are a big part of the development process. Our conference, you're dealt with who you have. So you'll have some good teams, you'll have some bad teams. So you find a way to, to, to do what you can during the week, but you're also dealing with mother nature. Weather's a little bit worse. We got tons of adversity. So just kind of weather that storm, get through that, control what we can control and Hopefully they're wins, but sometimes they're losses. Um, to me, not playing 26 games is, is giving our kids an injustice. And I know teams have pitching, but you know what? Get them out there, get a live at bats. You know, somehow they got to be able to value 26 games. Um, being able to play a tough non-schedule, you know, obviously, you know, early in our career, you know, the Sun Prairies, uh, the Heartland Arrowheads, the Miami Falls, they weren't playing Jefferson. So now that we've kind of, you know, been where we've been, it's pretty easy to get games now. And I think playing those teams, you're always going to get – better pitching because they're bigger schools and they have bigger, bigger and better depth. So um, being able to play the Burlington's, the Appleton Norris, you guys last few years is, has kind of set us up, you know, for that run, because usually the pitching we see there is way better than what we're going to see. Or, you know what, if we got to face, you know, a cookie from Turner, you know, we've seen him now six times throughout the year, you know, not, not in his body, but in other guys, you know, throwing the same velocity and then our bats are, are way more relaxed. You know, we're not, there's no stress about it that he's throwing this hard. We've seen it before. Now just find your pitch and just make some good contact on it. So um, I think it's important to manipulate that schedule. Um, I kind of like getting the, the chaos with the rain and the rain delays, getting five, six games in a week because complaining about it does you no good. You have to do it. So you know what? Four, five, and six, you better find a way. Okay, hey, you're probably – you and mom and dad are not happy you're not getting innings. Well, now you're going to get a chance to get some innings. You know, now your competition, your level rises a little bit, and you give me three good innings on the mound. That might get you three or four innings down the road, and they know that. So um, sometimes the chaos there plays plays a good role, but not making those games up and not playing a full schedule, I think, is a big deal. Um, and I think that has helped us to get where we're at because we just and just we, we just believe at the end of the year that we're, we're built we're built for postseason. Our guys, I don't have to talk about it. They just were built for it. So a conference championship's great, but um, they want to be playing up in Appleton every year. Yeah, you know, and like I said, you've been the last ten years. You know, the writings on the wall, and people want to go back and research and and everything else. That they, that information's out there. Um, but you know, we spent the first twenty minutes talking about back in the Jefferson baseball practice environment, training environment, team building, culture, all those things. But but I would be remiss if I didn't step away for a second talk about this past off season, and um, you know, you getting the the, the call um, on Thanksgiving to be in the WBCA Hall of Fame. And um, first, I just want to say congratulations, okay? I know we've talked off air about it. Um, so happy for you. Very excited for you. And you, you get your couple minutes on stage there in February. But I want to ask you a couple questions on here and take as much time as you need. Let's start with just what does the WBCA in high school baseball in Wisconsin mean to you? You know, I got my family. Um, I, I got. I love my profession, and I love the game of baseball. It's It's been Eagle baseball, 43 years. Um, it, it means the world to me. My, my kids, you know, we're doing baseball trips with my family, uh, you know, Scott's family. Um, 
they're not necessarily on board, but it, but it's 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 I love it. I love the lessons you learn from it. Um, it's not easy. Um, three, you know, a 300 averages, you're dealing with failure all the time. I think it's done a tremendous in my life decisions. My life successes is because what the game of baseball has given to me. Um, and the reward of the players, I mean, we're coaching for the players. I mean, to get invited to go deer hunting this year with two guys that I haven't seen in a while and I don't deer hunt. I'm the worst hunter in the world, you know, but the, the fact, the, the stuff that the one guy that I haven't seen in a while, the stuff that he remembered from practices back in, you know, 2003. I mean, I was, I was in tears, just what it meant to him, you know, being called coach. I mean, they're 30 some year old guys. Um, the players, the relationships, the baby showers, I just go into the, the playing pool with the guys going on golf trips. Um, the relationships that I've met, I mean, the amount of sons that we get now, I've been blessed with one, but these guys, they know I love them. Um, they, they love me in return. Um, spending time with families at Christmas that are former players. It, it just, you, you cannot put a price tag on it. And obviously the individual word is great. You know, I, I'm proud and very appreciative of it because I do know the time and effort that I do put in. So that means a lot for me there. Um, but it also means a chance that I get to hang out and celebrate, you know, I, with a lot of players and a lot of coaches um, that have been a big part of my life and probably sometimes even more than my own family that I'm spending with. So um, I can't wait to see them. In my laundry list of thank yous on my assistant coaches, and I, you know, is it's pretty kind of cool to see where they're at right now. But uh, um, just to be able to celebrate that, and uh, from all, you know, you you get what you what you put into life is usually what you get. You know, you're still going to have some things that go your wrong way, but you do things the right way, and, and you put time and effort, and you're you're meaningful about it. And getting words like this just it culminates the whole process. So uh, I'm so appreciative of the WBCA. Um, they've given so much to me, the guys ahead of me, uh, my mentors. And I just try to do my part and just uh, teach the game of baseball the way it's supposed to be taught. And I think that's the one thing I'm proud of is if you play guys from Jefferson, you teach guys, you meet guys in college, they do it the right way and they play hard. And uh, um, it's, it's, it's the greatest job in the world to coach baseball at Jefferson to build relationships with these kids. I held it together pretty good there, Tim. You did, man. I don't uh, even know where to go from there. Holy yes, cow. That, I thought I'd get emotional, but uh, uh yeah, uh, I love them. You know, and and that's I'm going to bounce around here a little bit, but I, I I think sometimes as coaches, I think all of us, young, old, retired, Hall of Fame, not first year guy, we're we're always worried about like what does success mean? Does success mean you you went to Appleton or you won a state championship or you got in the Hall of Fame or you beat a Crosstown rival? And I think as you get older, your definitions of success change. So I'm going to ask you that question. Like you've done so many things in this game. Like how do you define success for yourself? Well, I love to win. I mean, I'm not going to admit it. Winning is a, winning is a big deal. Winning is a big deal for our kids, but developing these young men to be great, you know, just, uh, you know, Thomas to tell me he's uh, engaged this weekend, you know, expecting his first kid, you know, Heath Renz, we just had a baby shower for these guys, maybe asking for some advice about fatherhood. Um, turning the new, turn a new page into their life and having, again, coach, still be kind of a part of those decisions. Um, you know, learning to deal with adversity and chaos, what we call, you know, and that's, that's the biggest thing we can teach these young men. And if they're on board to believe it and, and trust us, man, we're powerful individuals to be able to do that because, you know, baseball, I want them to have a great experience in high school. I want them to be able to look back and talk about, Hey, we had a great time. We learned, you know, we had a bond, we had a team bond, um, like I said, it's our 10-year reunion coming up. I cannot wait 
for that Dells weekend. It's a full weekend, golf, hanging out. Um, they're going to scrimmage us. I mean, it's it's uh, so developing these young men to be great, um, honest, caring people is 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 success to me. Um, knowing that myself and my staff and we're all on board of doing it. It's not just baseballs. It's it's uh, way more than that. So um, this office behind me that you're looking at is a lot of time and effort, a lot of a lot of talks in here about baseball and outside of baseball. And uh, and I think again, this this is the reason why. Um, and, and the younger kids know that they want to see the relationships that we have with the 14 team. They want to be that in five and 10 years. So um, total buy-in by everybody. It's not just me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write this script. Uh, we got a lot of good people and it goes back to surrounding yourself around good people and good assistant coaches. Well, that's powerful. I mean, how, you know, the success you had Jefferson baseball, you know, the standard, the standard, all these things that they just expect you to be. Well, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is the weight it puts on your shoulders, right, as the leader of the program. And, again, you love to win. You're as competitive as anybody I've ever met. But how do you deal with that outside pressure, you know, the the, the rankings, the picking to do this? Are you going to go back to Appleton? You know, everybody thinks, that, how are you going to be this year? How do you deal with that? Again, I, I'm not a scouting guy. We worry about our – I mean, yes, we get hitting charts. We do this. We just, we worry, we control what we can control. We worry about ourselves. You know, we can only play nine people. There's going to be some parents that don't agree, you know, but can I, I can go to bed at night knowing I'm making the best decision for our team, the players and our program. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to do things the right way. Have I made a ton of mistakes? Absolutely. Okay. But I also own my mistakes. I'm not saying I know everything, this and that, but um society, parents, coaching nowadays is not easy. So being honest and having that communication level is going to help. But uh, again, family is the only people, my family is the only people that understands the sacrifices you make in life. You know, um, the cool thing about the, uh, sorry, the cool thing about the, the hall of fame, uh, Nate Gilbert did an excellent job writing an article. I had no idea he was kind of doing this. He has some former players, but um, I think people starting to understand the amount of hours that, you know, we, that I put in down at Fisher field or outside or open gyms that, you know, you can complain all you want, but we're putting the time and effort for your kids to have a chance to, to succeed and do well and do some good things. So um, again, I think uh, um, just being able to go to bed at night, knowing you can do the best you can because you can't control the people on social media or this and that. And we're fortunate here at Jefferson. We've had a few parents, but overall um, they're pretty good um, with everything because again, you can't make everybody happy, but you know, we're trying the best we can. There's no hidden agenda. You know, uh, wins and losses really meant mean nothing. Uh, the relationships mean a lot more. Um, but if you do both or all three of the fundamentals, you know, things like this happen. So um, try to try to cut that outside noise if you can. Hopefully you got good administrative support. But family, man, that goes a long way to be able to go home at night and uh, see my own family and and talk about things. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's the end of the world. You have kids. No, you, you, you realize that, too. And I'm dealing my first, my oldest kid being gone in a Scottsdale, Arizona, you know, so you really value things a little bit more when you get older that I know I didn't value um, in my thirties. Well, you know, listen to your story, knowing you last episode, you talked about like how important high school athletics has been to you, right? You were raised in that environment. You've taught, you've coached, obviously baseball, but you've, you know, football, basketball, you know, other sports, you seem to be always involved. Athletics is a huge piece of your life. Where I'm going with this question is in some communities and in some circles, it seems like the high school sport experience is being diminished a little bit. And that, that breaks my heart 
Um, and I, I'm sure it does the same to you. So from your lens and your experience, like ex- explain to someone the value of the high school sport experience. I, just being competitive, you know, my, you know, my two oldest were three, three, three sport kids. My youngest is a two sport athlete. You know, she doesn't like sports in the winter. And I had a tough time with that, you know, but me and my wife, we're not going to make her play something she doesn't want to do. Um, but she is going to work hard in the weight room and get ready for the other two and, and or spend some other time doing some other things. But these one sport athletes, I think, and I, Tim, I think we can see them. We know who they are when you play the game. Our kids care about Jefferson. That jersey, on that name on our jersey, I think means more than other teams' name on their jersey. Um, and I'm not saying, I just, I, they care about Jefferson. Um, we, we, we stress going out for other sports. We have a great fraternity of coaches here at Jefferson, you know, where we're, hey, you know what? You need to go for soccer. You need to go for football, go for wrestling. So we're starting to get that buy-in. We're a little bit farther away from the bigger cities, so we're not pressured with a lot of club stuff, and it's still a little bit farther drive. Um, but uh, I want my kids to be competitive, to be a part of something. You learn lessons. It might be, a, you know, winning a, uh, you know, we had a kid win their first wrestling match last night and everybody in school sees them and is giving them a high five and, and the kids just smiling from ear to ear. What a great, what a great story for him. So um, to, to sit home or say you're going to work out or say you're going to work and then you go home and you're on the phone. I don't know. I just, I, I, I just feel bad for some of the bigger schools that maybe have this, but uh, overall the majority of my kids are, are playing two or three sports here, but we're also promoting that um, in regards to it. So, and Jefferson offers a lot of sports. So, we're kind of lucky because you're going to play. I know if, you know, the bigger schools you play, but you, you go out, but you might never play. So I do get that as well. But um, smaller schools, I think it's easier. You t- your bigger schools, I think it'd be tough, but you're always yeah. going to talk about them. You're always going to talk about your stories. We're all hit better. We made more shots. You know, we were slam dunking back in the day. We were doing things we never did, but they sure good look good coming out of our mouth. They sound good. Um, the other piece, I think, maybe from the teacher perspective, like what does sports and athletics do to the overall school culture? Um, you know, when you think about the, the role of sport inside of, uh, a, a, you know, a Monday through Friday, bell to bell schedule, 180 days of school. Um, like, what do you think that role of athletics is within a school building? Again, the experience, you know, we run the J club. We talk to our kids about how to cheer at games. You know, I just talked to my seniors today. That's, we got 18 weeks, guys it's going to go fast. Let's, let's enjoy it. Let's have some fun. Let's be a great person, you know, be a better human being tomorrow, the next week, you know, talk to somebody maybe you haven't talked in a while, say hi. You don't know that that might be your boss in 10 years. Let's really enjoy these last 18 weeks and to enjoy it. Athletics, you know, being in the band, you know, we'll go to choir concerts. We'll go to band concerts. It's important for us to be out and about because we want fans as well. You know, we promote our kids to go see these things. Um, so, um, Again, the, the social media world we live in, the, the gaming world we live in, um, you know, I, you see less and less kids at games. You know, I go to some sectional games at some bigger schools. It's disappointing, you know. Um, but I also understand with the streaming aspects nowadays, you know, and I, and I like it too. I can watch two games at home, you know, streaming. But uh, just being there live and just seeing the kids' excitement, making a big shot. You know, we had a couple of buzzer beaters with our basketball team. but And the guys you know, even watching the game are talking about it the next day in class. So, it goes by so fast and you don't want to say, I wish I would have, I wish I would have. And that's kind of our talk with guys going up for sports. So um, you need to be the total package. I think. I, I think I, I have a soft spot in my heart for that Friday night basketball game, you know, a rocking gym with the student sections and it's, it's, there's nothing like it, you know, that Friday night football game, 
under the light, 730. Um, but it, it just gets me thinking about the impact of sport, and I don't want that to go away in our society. I really don't. I think it's something special that we have. Um, speaking of this offseason, like, what are you working on? Obviously, your offseason has been filled with a variety of, of great things, and, but like you as a learner, um, as you know, looking into 2024 and beyond, um, what are you trying to get better at this offseason? Speed, baby. The Eagles are going to hopefully be a little bit faster this year. That's our goal. I think it's going to result in some more runs. Um, we got a veteran group coming back. Our whole staff is back that has been a state the last two years. These guys are excited and hungry. Um, not being able to get any ball last year, losing the first round. Um, Bill's retired, so maybe we got a chance if we play Denmark. Bill, I love you, but uh, um, we're actually playing Denmark and turning a little triangular down to Whitewater this year. But, uh, um, you know, I, I like our guys, man. I mean, I know we lost Tyler, but Tyler, but if all of our seniors get a little bit better, we got a lot of at-bats and a lot of a lot of innings on the mound back this year. And we got some young kids that are pretty darn good that are going to mix in well. So, um, you know, we're doing way more pitching machine stuff, you know, the curveball, fastball, recognizing pitch selection. Um, and, again, hopefully it results in putting the ball in play a little bit more. Um, I know we're going to throw strikes because we got four guys that, you know, have 70 plus innings in on the mound as varsity. So um, we're deep on the mound. Um, I'm excited. So just kind of guys, just, you know, keeping in touch with each other, coming to some open gyms, spending some time together, cranking the music and uh, being loose and relaxed right now. And, and I really want my guys to focus on basketball. We haven't been very good in a while here in the basketball and we're, we're doing well this year. So I've actually, I know I went to done this in my younger days, but kind of backed off some open gyms because, you know, we got, you know, seven, we have seven of the kids playing basketball right now. So I'm kind of want them just to kind of make a little run here and do what they can. And then uh, it will come to us later. But, uh, you know, just simplifying things a little bit more. You know, I think it's just the biggest thing. I think y'all young coaches were just too much, too much. Or I got to have a five o'clock open gym. I got to have three of them. You know, I, I really don't know if that's important. You know, let's get tuned up in March here. Hopefully before I leave the WA at some point will give us more than a week or, you know, be a little more like the Georgias and everything where we get more time to practice. But uh, until then, we're dealt with rules. We're dealt with the cards, you know, you know, play the best hand, do what you can. Well, maybe that's a good segue into, um, you know, if you had a magic wand and you could make some rule changes at, and maybe you have to wait till you're retired to say this one day, but um, I think you got enough clout and street cred. That like what what would how would you advise WI? I know you've been on you know advisory committees, you know stuff with our association. Like, what is the lowest hanging fruit that makes the most sense to you? I just don't understand why track starts so early and doesn't have a meet till later, or why we can't just even start with you know structured open gyms that we're just not doing something earlier. Um, I, I don't get it, and I, the good teams that are basketball that's overlapping, but. To not to be able to have it open, to be able to coach them up, I just and get our arms ready to go. Um, you know, the teams that don't have the access to the gyms, you know, they're in it, they're they're behind. You know, we're fortunate; we have good facilities like you do. Our kids can get their arm ready to go. You know, we're really not probably throwing 100 pitches. You know, March 31st, but you know, the guys' arms are ready to go. And um, I, I just wish they would just extend that, just give just even two weeks. It just makes no sense to me. But um, you know, I'm on the board, the advisory board. You know, they got the reasons as well. The WBCA has been active in it, just like every other state association. But I'd like to see that change at some point, you know, but uh, who knows if it ever will. Um, the pitching rule, you know, we talk about balance points, stay in balance, getting the, getting the hand out of the glove sooner, you know, but we still got, we can't be modified, wind up like the college and the pros can. The kids see it all day long. They do it in the, 
in the summer months traveling, but then they come to WIA and then they can't do it. And then they're allowed to do it all year. And then all of a sudden the tournaments come and play, then they can't do it. And some kids just mentally can't handle that. Um, so I'm not sure about the pitching, why we just can't be uniform, what we see on TV or what we see at coaching clinics, why they can't do that as well. But um, I guess those two things, I know we want to hurry the game up. Um, I do like the pitch clock thing, but um, it's moving up a little bit. But the fact of giving somebody a ball um, or a strike, you know, because, you know, they took an extra second or two. But um, I like where we're going. I, I knew the shifts would be banned at some point. Um, so um, let's just it, – it was – it was built for a reason with rules and it wasn't too bad. So, but we wanted, we want we live in a day and age where we want to change everything. So, but it all circle, circle of life changes. It all comes back to the beginning. Yeah. That pendulum does swing back right now. Yeah. You talk about the things in the game that have been changing over time. And, you know, I, I steal this question from a different podcast, but you know, is there something in baseball, like a, a hill you're willing to die on, or maybe something that you believe or a couple of things that you believe that maybe you're in the minority of, um, so I like to just ask baseball guys that question. Yeah, I know you, we talked about that before. It's kind of a tough one. I mean, rules are rules. I mean, you, you, complaining about them is no good. I can complain about the advisory board, um, but you know, ultimately they're there for a reason. So whatever they are, we got to teach it. We got to coach it. Um, I know we can, I'll bunt with two strikes. That's not going to change. Um, I don't like stealing signs. I think that's not good for the game. Um, unfortunately now it's from the professional level all the way down. We got, we got high school teams that, that have coaches and players looking at signs, but uh, I just think if you do that at some point, the baseball gods are going to come back to haunt you. So do things the right way. Um, I think you can win games without knowing what's coming or if they're bunting. Usually if I'm bunting, the whole place knows about it, you know? Um, so um, just out execute your opponents, but uh, you know, these stealing signs now is now force high school teams to buy coach comms, spend $2,000 doing this, you know? Um, I don't know if I'm, if I can see your catcher signs, Timmy, I'm going to let you know, you know, tell your catcher to get his signs up. So um, I like to th do things the right way. And maybe I'm a little more old school because I'm old, but um, yeah, that's all I got. Well, I know we've talked about um, bunting with two strikes. So make, make your sales pitch, make your sales pitch for us. Um, and, and I've seen you do it and, and I've seen you do it well. So make your sales pitch for us. Because he's going to strike out with two strikes. Okay. And he's just been seeing 288 mile an hour fastballs. I got a better chance of him. And we practice it too much. We practice bunting way too much to go 0 for 3. So I look at it that way. We practice it too much. Our guys are too good at it. Hey, we were what, 3 for 3 at the state tournament two years ago, with two strikes. I know the announcers and coaches thought I was crazy, but, you know, it should have been down on pitch one or two, but he just was waiting for pitch three. A little more dramatic. But uh, we practice it too much for me not to do it. So, um, maybe a Tyler routine. I'm not going to bunt with two strikes, but I know my guys with two strikes, some guys, and if I have to bunt them with three strikes, we have a better chance to get that ball down than him put in play. I love it. I love it. I feel like there's a, that heightened sense of focus when they know you're crazy enough to call it right, or crazy enough to call it two strikes that, Oh, I, I got to get it down now. Um, they know they got to get it down. So they know when they miss it, they don't even want to look over at the sign again. So I don't have to give the sign. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, we're starting to wrap it up here a little bit. Um, I just wanted to just give us some more nuggets. I mean, you know, 2024 Hall of Fame, you know, you've done so many, you've been such a mentor to, to so many coaches, myself included. Like, give us some more, give us some advice. You know, again, we got guys starting new jobs all across the state. You know, that time of year, it's, you know, record this at the end of January right now. We're a couple months from pitchers and catchers and tryouts and season starts and people worried about the weather and 
all the things that go into a season. Like, give us some more of your best nuggets um, to help a new coach, a young coach, or any coach that's listening. Okay. Be punctual. Be on time. Have practice plans. Let them know what they're doing. It doesn't need to be a secret. Post it up. This is what we're working on during the day. We want to be out at 6 o'clock, but we need to go from our indie work to this to this. Get reps. You know, if, if you make a mistake in the game and you didn't practice, whose fault is that? You know, practice that scenario, that situation, the next practice. So the next time that comes into play, it comes into play. Um, make meaningful practice. Be a coach. Don't be a supervisor. Um, make your kids wear practice gear. It's a, I just drives me. It doesn't drive me nuts because we don't do it. But to see a team practice in shorts, T-shirts, and Green Bay Packer hats and, you know, Madison Mallard hats and who, you know, whatever, you know, wear your, wear your school stuff, practice, you know, it's not that expensive or you just, even as long as it's an, uh, an Eagle t-shirt or something, but you don't play the game in shorts, you know, your kid's not going to dive or, you know, treat a, a, a live BP session in shorts. So um, make sure you're having fun, throw them a bone once in a while. I play music a little bit now more than I probably ever have during BP sessions. So, but guys are relaxed. We're still focused. Um, if we're not focused, they know what happens. So, and just stick to your beliefs, you know, what are your pillars and teach, preach, practice, um, and just make sure these kids are having fun because numbers are decreasing. What are we? 30%. We're the biggest sport declining in participation. I believe this year, the numbers came out. So, and we're, we're, we're seeing that as well, our younger kids. So we got to find a way. Like, I got to find a way to get more fifth, sixth, seventh graders involved. So it's easy to say not worry about it. But if I don't worry about it now, now they come to high school, they don't have any there. So don't lose track of your youth. Find good parents. Find good people. That's a lot a lot of nuggets right there that I can't come up with anymore. But that's, uh, that's what I would tell the younger coach. I love that. Well, I'm going to finish off here with talking about the WBCA. You know, one of the last times I saw you was up at the, at the All-Star Game up in Oshkosh. Maybe just talk about that experience. You'd be able to, one of the three coaches chosen, have a player on the team, and just kind of what that uh, event meant to you and maybe to the to the state of baseball in Wisconsin. Uh, I, I wish I would have done it earlier. I really thought that you can only do it once, so I kind of waited for my son um, that whole time. Um, I, you know, Obviously, in my career, I probably could have done it another time. But you got to get up there. Even if, you know, get up there, be active in the WBCA. There's great guys running this, running this, this, the board. Um, just a chance to get to, you know, just to meet uh, Kelly on your team, just to, um, just to talk what they do in practice. Some of the things that they do is just neat to hear and see. And uh, especially, obviously, when we play some of the guys um, and meeting guys that you see on, you know, the Twitter, this and that, you know, it's nice, nice to finally see those guys in person. But uh, it's a must. It's a must. It should be a goal of every coach to be a coach there. And it should also be a goal to get there every year just to come in to watch a couple of games because the fraternity of coaches is, is the main reason why. I mean, you're, you know, obviously a lot younger than I am, but you stick around because you got a nice group of friends and circles. And it's amazing how that coaching fraternity has turned into friendships. You know, I know every time we go up north, we try to hook up. You know, um, it's amazing the amount of times you go places, but you're hooking up with a baseball coach, somebody you've tongue out, talked to, respected, and is just trying to learn and get better. So, um, pretty cool opportunity. WBC does a phenomenal job doing it too. All right, man. Well, Hey, I want to say congrats one more time. Um, WBCA hall of famer 2024, uh, February. We'll see you up at the clinic and share a couple sodas and look for, uh, at the luncheon on Saturday. So, so thanks again, coach and congratulations. You're the best, Tim. I appreciate it. 
And there it is. Huge congratulations goes out to Greg Featherston once again, 2024 WBCA Hall of Fame inductee. Now, some great baseball nuggets, coaching, pro building uh, information inside that episode. Um, you know, just does so much for the game, and we wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, it was, was awesome to watch him celebrate and, and all the accolades this past weekend. So he's got so much more baseball left in him. Uh, he's got a ton of energy. Guys just love playing for him. Uh, alumni and everybody else back to, um, you know, come congratulate him. And I know they had a big, uh, a big party out in Jefferson after. So, um, until next time, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share these episodes, guys. There's, there's great information out here. Um, you know, I had a, met a lot of you at the clinic this weekend. I talked to some old friends. And, man, I really appreciate the kind words about the episode. So I really appreciate you tuning in and, and pass them along um, on social media or, you know, coaches group text or whatever it may be. So until next time, have a great rest of your day.